This is Pastor Andrea Ellis, and I just want to personally welcome you to the Destiny Faith Church podcast. I'm so happy you're with us today. I trust the word of God will inspire you. So please open your heart and enjoy the word. I'm going to dive right into our discussion on tonight. I'm going to pick up on the story that we laid down on Sunday and add a little bit to it in the name of the Lord. We picked up on a lesson found in Luke, the gospel, according to Luke, the great physician, Luke chapter 13. And I'll begin reading at verse 10 through 17. It says, now he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity, a spirit of infirmity for 18 years and was bent over and could in no way raise herself up. But when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said to her, woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. And he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. But the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation, because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath. And he said to the crowd, there are six days on which men ought to work. Therefore, come and be healed on them, and not on the Sabbath day. The Lord then answered him and said, Hypocrite, does not each one of you on the Sabbath lose his ox or his donkey from the stall and lead it away to water it? So ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound, whom Satan has bound, whom Satan has bound, Think of it for 18 years. Be loose from this bond on a Sabbath. And when he had said these things, all his adversaries, all of his enemies, all of those that were contesting were put to shame. And all the multitude rejoiced for all the glorious things that were done by him. We need to get a revelation according to the word of God. The scripture said that the woman was bent over because she was bound up, not by sickness, not by disease, but a spirit, a spirit of infirmity, a spirit of infirmity, a spirit that oppressed her. A spirit that was a burden on her. A spirit that subjected her to cruel and unusual, unusual, unusual torment from the enemy. A, a, a spirit that lied to her. A spirit that was weighed heavy on her mind with a lie. A spirit that weighed her down so much that she was literally bent over a spirit that afflicted annoyed beat down harassed overwhelmed picked on and tormented her a spirit of infirmity 
The Bible also calls a spirit of infirmity an evil spirit or a bad spirit. Remember when a bad spirit leaves a place, it goes to dry places, it can't find no rest, it's a hobo, it don't have no place to live, so it tries to come back. If it finds that place swept clean and empty, warm and inviting, it will come back and bring seven other spirits, bad spirits, even more worse than it. This is talking about the same type of spirit, a bad spirit, a spirit of infirmity. Here's the Pastor Andrea definition or synonyms for a spirit of infirmity, a spirit of weakness, cause of weakness, a spirit of confinement, feebleness, listen, feeble-minded, feeble-minded. Back in, in the day when I was in school, we called people, I hate to say it, but we called people dense. If they didn't seem like they were just as sharp as everybody else, that's a person that is feeble-minded. doesn't mean that they're crazy. It doesn't mean that they're, they're just different and they think differently. A spirit that caused ailing or frailty, a spirit of deficiency, a spirit of affliction, and even a spirit of sickness. Now, if you were like me, whenever you were sick, didn't you, did you get special treatment? Your mom fixed you some tea and bring it to your room. And, oh, baby, how you doing? Let me cover you up and let me put some big salve on your chest. You felt all warm and fuzzy, didn't you? And if you're not careful, you will feed into a spirit of weakness or a spirit of sickness. And especially if it's something generational like asthma or, or some, you know, some, whatever. Then the person will say, oh, I've got asthma and my child has asthma too. So-and-so and his asthma. Be careful with him and his asthma. And you begin to speak that thing over that person. And if the person is not careful, they will take that as a term of endearment. My little sick child, oh, poor so-and-so. Poor so-and-so. Do you understand what poor means? Poor means lacking. Poor means deficient. And we're speaking that over our own generation, our own children, our own family members. And then sometimes you have that one parent or grandparent, oh, come here, my little afflicted child, my little sick baby, my little sick, this the sick one, my little premature baby, my little this, my little that. And it's constantly feeding into a spirit of infirmity. I used to have a little dog. My little dog's name was Hannah, and Hannah was addicted to chicken. So Hannah would go in the garbage can, and she was a little miniature toy poodle, and she would go in the garbage can, and she would take trash out of the garbage, and she would always try to find chicken bones and things like that. Cutest thing ever. But the deal is, when she got busted for stealing, she tried to look all pitiful and come back. And if you're not careful, you would feel sorry for her and not punish her. But guess what? At the first opportunity that she got, she would go right back to the garbage. Are you listening to me? There's a spirit of oppression, a bad spirit, a spirit of weakness, a spirit of 
frailness that will try to make you feel sorry for it so that it can keep coming back and keep coming back. You drive it out, but then it comes back again. You drive it out because none of us want to be sick, but don't we enjoy that, that special treatment that we get when you call off work and, and they bring you juice to your bed and don't we enjoy if we're not careful the spirit that we've sent away because we don't want to be sick when it comes back we kind of invite it back in because there was a there was a special treatment and, and I felt I felt special and I remember even being it's, it's ill growing up and my dad would carry me to my room and my mom would bring me soup to my bed and come in and check on me and, and when I would sleep come and kiss me on my forehead oh even though you were sick it felt good I'm talking about a spirit of infirmity the Bible says that the spirit of infirmity had bound the woman for 18 years. It never said that she was sick. It never said she had scoliosis. It never said that she was injured. She was in a car accident. It never said any of those things. Jesus identified what had happened to the woman. He was teaching in the synagogue, and he noticed that lady. He noticed that she was bent down and bent over. She couldn't stand up. But here's the deal. She had been that way for 18 years. And people had seen her for 18 years. And people saw her in the synagogue getting the same word that they were getting after having suffered for 18 years, but didn't have the compassion to see her be set free and loosed from her infirmity. Jesus told her, he said, you come to me. And he said, raise yourself up. You were once bound but now you are free. Am I making faith to anybody? I told the story of when I'm at home and I just sit in my chair and you sit and you get stiff. I get up and I start moving stiff and moving like an old woman with my young self and my son Gabe would jerk the slack out of me. He said, Mom, straighten up. And I'll be honest with you, it annoyed me at first. It annoyed me because you don't understand I'm in pain. You don't understand what I've been through. You don't understand because you may not be experiencing the pain that I'm experiencing. So how dare you tell me to straighten up when you don't know what I've been through? But the deal is, if you do not straighten up, over time, the devil or the spirit of infirmity, an oppressive spirit, will keep pushing you down until you cannot raise yourself up. Are you listening to me? Why is it that when people expose the truth of the matter, we get offensive? I need to let that offensiveness go and stand up, straighten up, because I want to be free. 
I literally do want to be free. We learned that this um, uh, oppressive spirit, Jesus came in Acts chapter 10, verse 38, to heal people, to heal all, went all through the country, healing people, everyone who was beaten down by the devil. Everybody that was beaten down by the devil. Everybody that was upright at one time, but began to get oppressed by the devil. Oppression does not just come in bodily ailments, but oppression also comes in your mind through your thought processes because you'll remember what happened to you. You'll remember who damaged you. you remember who hurt you. You have the scars and you have the memories of it. But the devil, have you ever noticed that he will keep coming back with the same thing that you've already been through? But what is the key word? I've already come through. So he will take you back and you will feel the same pain of the thing that you've already come through. You've already been delivered from it. You're clear of it. It no longer has any strong hold on you. But the devil will keep coming back to introduce that thought back to you to oppress you until you can no longer raise yourself up. We learned on Sunday that we've got to straighten up. It's not that we couldn't straighten up. It's that we didn't straighten up because it hurt. But listen to me. The hurt didn't stop me from straightening up. I could still straighten up even though it did hurt. And once I straightened up, the pain seemed to go away. But the whole while that I was trying to nurse the pain, the enemy had me oppressed and bent over. I'm glad I had somebody to speak into me even when I didn't want to hear it and jerked the slack out of me and told me to straighten up. Are you listening to me? Today, I want to leave the thought on you that now that we've learned to straighten up, now we have to tie up loose ends. That's the topic of my discussion for tonight. Tie up loose ends. What are loose ends? Loose ends is anything that is loose and dangling, anything that could trip me up, anything that will mess me up. Have you ever been there before? Have you ever had those of us that wear dresses, a long dress, and you need to take off running, and them, that dress is too long? It have you hemmed up, doesn't it? It have you messed up. Or have you ever had some clothes or something on and maybe your jewelry or your belt or something gets in the way of your feet? Maybe even your shoestrings gets in the way of your feet. What does it do? It'll trip you up. Before you know it, you will fall because you did not tie up the loose ends. Am I making faith to anybody? Loose ends have reference to entanglements. Entrapments, I heard somebody laugh, Jada made that one popular, entanglements. Entrapments, listen, embarrassments. The devil wants to, have you ever thought about a, a situation that you were in and you got embarrassed all over again? 
The devil wants to bring up your embarrassments and encumbrances, those hindrances, those things that hinder you. These entanglements, entrapments, embarrassments, encumbrances become loose ends designed by the devil to trip you up. You've already straightened up, but now that you're straightened up, he wants to trip you up. He's not just going to let you be straightened up and still don't try to fight you. He is going to come shooting his best shots of entanglement, entrapments, embarrassments, and encumbrances. It's all designed by the enemy, by the opposer, the opposer, the contender, the enemy, the devil, all designed for you to stumble, fumble, and blunder. So I'm here today to teach you and encourage you to tie up loose ends. According to 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 13, it talks about gird up the loins of your mind. Gird up the loins of your mind. Gird up. How do I gird up the loins of my mind? Now we've got to go back a little tiny lesson to the garments that they wore in Bible days. I've taught you before that often the men wore the long robes, the long garments. So when it was time for war, when it was time for battle, when it was time to fight, when it was time to move expeditiously, they had to pull their garments up above their knees gather all of the fabric in front, put it through their legs, pull it up in the back, and bring it around in the front and tie it up in a knot. When you saw somebody with their garment looking like that, you knew it was ready for battle. They were ready to fight. Are you listening to me? So they had to pull the garment up, gather all the excess fabric in the front. This is talking about gird. Once you've girded that up, you put it backwards through your legs. You're making some makeshift yoga pants, if you understand, some running pants, basketball shorts. Are you listening to me? Pull it around in the front, tie it up tight in a knot. Why? I don't need anything tripping me up. Are you listening to me? So when Peter began to talk to the church, it was different people from different churches. They were oppressed. They were going through so many distresses because the enemy was fighting against the people of the church that had been faithful. Even in verse 7 of 1 Peter chapter 1, it says, The genuineness of your faith is more precious than gold. That has been tried by fire. We all know that when you try it by fire, you come forth as pure gold. So when he says, gird up the loins of your mind, in other words, get ready for battle. Don't just let the devil abuse you. 
Don't let the devil wear your mind out continuing to oppress you. The opposer oppresses you and he continuously beats you down until you're bent over feeling as if you're unable to lift yourself. When I got up from my chair, my back was hurt and sometimes my legs hurt and I would move and shuffle my feet with my house shoes on. I would shuffle my feet. And the reality of the matter is that didn't make it feel better. It didn't even change the way I felt. I just began to succumb to the pain. Listen, the insinuations, listen, the suggestions of the oppressor. Are you listening? Have you ever seen somebody and they're really walking stiff for real? They probably just didn't wake up that day walking stiff. They yielded to the suggestions and the insinuations of the oppressor to the degree that now they're walking stiff. I'm not trying to walk stiff because whom the son set free is free indeed. Peter tells the people of the church to gird up the loins of your mind. Straighten up. Get ready for battle. Don't let the devil abuse you. Don't let the devil fight your mind. Are you listening to me? Listen, when I got out of my chair stiff and shuffling my feet, it wasn't that I was unable. I'm talking to you too, so don't judge. It wasn't that I was unable, but maybe unruly unwilling, uncertain, or even unsurrendered in my thoughts. I remember being injured before. I remember the pain of piriformis disorder. I remembered that. Even though I wasn't experiencing it, I remembered it as if it were true. When the truth of the matter is... By whose stripes I am healed. Are you listening to me? That is why when Gabe used to say, Mom, straighten up, I almost caught the attitude with them. How are you going to tell me to straighten up? You don't know how I feel. But my feelings don't change the word, but the word will change my feelings. Are you listening to me? We have to make sure when we're tying up loose ends that we're not being unruly. We're not being unwilling. We're not being uncertain. And we don't have unsurrendered thoughts. Unsurrendered thoughts have reference to those thoughts that you actually like to think. And you don't want anybody to tell you not to think those thoughts. Are you listening to me? Thoughts that we, stuff that we like to do, even though we know it's wrong, why is it we don't want anybody to say anything to us? It was never that I was unable to straighten up. It was that I hadn't surrendered the thought that this pain doesn't control me. I control this. I control my body, and not only do I control my body, I control my mind. I control my thoughts. I will not let the devil harass me in my thinking. 
Minister Essence came and she began to speak and speak over us on Sunday and she talked about how the enemy had been harassing her in her thought process. And we understand that his name is Diablos, which comes from the word diabolical, which has reference to pounding. So if he comes one way and he's not successful that way, he'll leave for a season, but he's coming back another way and he's going to pound to try to pound his way through to complete and total penetration. But instead of letting the enemy pound, 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 and he will bring part of it looped in the truth. And he will pound, pound, pound. And if you're not careful, you will begin to suffer the oppression of the enemy fighting your mind. She said in her testimony that she said to herself, I can't imagine dealing with this for 30 years. I can't even imagine dealing with this for three more days. But then she got a revelation, you don't have to. The devil tried to lie and act like this thing ain't going to go away and it's going to keep bothering her for 33 days, 30 days, 60 days, 3 years, 30 years, and she began to feel overwhelmed. Are you listening to me? She began to feel the overwhelming pressure of mental attacks from the devil. Who am I talking to? Because she's not the only one. Because I told you, I told you my own testimony, how the enemy was trying to come and fight my mind with reoccurring dreams and reoccurring thoughts. Listen to me. That is where the devil lives, in the realm of insinuation. In the realm of suggestion, listen, in the realm of illusion. He will create an illusion by the suggestion and the insinuation and the repetitiveness of the information. I got it close. Remember I said I had the fireplace on the big screen. I didn't even have a real fireplace in the room. It was on the big screen and you could see the flames flickering and you can hear the crackling of the flames and people begin because of the insinuation, because of the suggestion, listen, because of the illusion, they thought it was hot. The enemy will come with a with an illusion, with an insinuation, with a suggestion that this thought is going to overwhelm you that this thought is going to hinder you and stagnate you, that you can't think anything further from today. I don't know how I can continue on this path. But then you've got to remember, you've got to tie up the loose ends. Whatever things are hindering you and tripping you up and messing you up, whatever things that are in your way that are causing you to stumble, I've got to gird up what the loins of my mind. We're able to do it. But sometimes we're unruly. Sometimes we're unwilling. Sometimes we're uncertain. And sometimes there are unsurrendered thoughts. But this is what we do. We bring every thought captive. 
we make our thoughts obey the word of God. I've got to close. We've got to reset. We've got to refresh. And we've got to renew our minds in the word of God. When I was bent over, it wasn't my back. It was my mind. Are you listening to me? Jesus said the lady had been bent over for 18 years because of a bad spirit. Not because she had scoliosis, not because she had backache, piriformis disorder, been in a car accident. It said because Satan had bound her for 18 years. I'm here to let you know today that you have to reset, refresh, and renew your mind. When you clean your mind up with the word of God, when you wash your mind with the word of God, listen to me, it functions better. When you wash your mind with the word of God, your mind functions better. Are you listening to me? I was complaining about my Mac, and I was like, this Mac is so slow. I don't know why this Mac is so slow. Then Gabby came in, and she just started closing all of the, all of the open applications that I had. I had all these open, 5011 open applications, and I'm wondering why the Mac is slow. Then another day, I was like, oh, y'all, I don't know what's wrong with my phone. I just need a new phone. Then they took the phone, and they just started laughing. They started swiping up. Closing all of these open applications that I don't need, applications that's slowing me down, applications that's causing my memory to, causing my phone to die quicker. Are you listening to me? When you clean up your mind, your mind works better. Are you listening to me? You've got to train yourself in new thought patterns. What did I self? I got to go. Train yourself. And new thought patterns. How do you do that? Anybody ever been to the gym? Remember that day you were sore and you were sore for two days? You didn't want to go back. But when you went back, you got stronger. When you kept showing up, you got stronger. You begin to train your body. And the same body that resisted the, the workout in the beginning now is strong. Because you trained it. Are you listening to me? When you clean up your mind as a result of the word of God, you train your thoughts in the word of God. The word says submit to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. It says in John 8, 32, you shall know the truth. What's the truth? What the word says. You're healed, set free, delivered, saved, sanctified, and overcome, and the devil is under your feet. It says that not only are you a conqueror, you're more than conquerors. So when I know the truth of the word of God, then the truth of the word of God will make me free. Colossians chapter 3 verse 2 says, set, S-E-T, you position your mind on things on high. Not on things that you've been through, things that hurt you, what people are saying about you, what you don't have, what it looked like, a, and everybody else doing it, and I'm not in no relationship, and I'm not in everybody getting every year. Take your mind off of that and set, you set, you strategically position your own thoughts on things on high. 
You do it because you control your mind. And then I'm going to close with my favorite scripture, one of my favorite scriptures found in Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. It says, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things that are of good report, if there be any virtue, anything that is praiseworthy, what does the word say? Think on these things. Instead of thinking on everything that I've been through, everything, what people said, what people done, I don't know why they did me that way, I can strategically set my mind on high. I set my mind above things that would trip me up. Are you listening to me? I tie up the loose ends. I close out all of those applications that don't mean me no good. I close out all of those applications that are slowing me down. I close out every thought that is hindering me. What am I doing? I'm tying up those loose ends. I trust that word blessed your life. Thank you so much for tuning into our podcast. Don't forget to connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. And I want you to know that at Destiny Faith Church, we're more than a church. We're a family.